Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Alice. Hey, Greg, what are you doing here? Hey, what do you mean? What I, Allison, where, did you, where did you come from, Greg? I came from the world of childish, and I just want to make sure that your listeners know that you're just as wonderful on the on the other podcast you do. What if they don't have kids? Don't need them. You don't need them. <laughs> A lot of our listeners actually tell us they don't have kids. We talk about sex. We talk about all sorts and, of dirty stuff, yeah. but also parenting stuff. Yeah. So check out Childish new episodes every Wednesday wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm sitting here in the pod cabin with a guest. I am extremely excited to announce, but I'm not going to announce yet because first I got to check in with Tony. Hi. How's it going? Ooh, it's going. Crazy day today. I know. Busy. You're Busy. leaving for tour very soon. Yeah. Life is, is nuts right now. I Too bet it is. Too many things going on. You are... Uh, when people hear this one, you will have just played a show with Don't Stop or We'll Die. And you're doing double duty because you're playing with Jonah Ray as well. Mm-hmm. And then you're leaving on tour with Motion City Soundtrack. Yes. And then you're doing some dates where Don't Stop or We'll Die are opening. Just the L.A. date, yeah. But, just uh, the L.A. date. Yeah, so I'll double dip that show, too. That's right. That's mm-hmm. so much drumming. Yeah. And then all while that's happening, still uh, editing podcasts. I know. And now you have more because now you're involved in... Two and a half, Allison Rosen's new best friend. Mm-hmm. I mean, two and a half, Allison Rosen podcast. And where's that half coming from? I've claimed half of Fitz Dog Radio because that happened through me. So I yeah. am claiming it as half of mine. And it's rightfully yours. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I don't now, care what Greg says. It's... Listeners would be angry if we didn't discuss termites. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'd say a good 45% of them would be relieved, actually. But the other 55%, this is... Roughly, this is extrapolated based on Instagram comments. Okay. They'd be upset. So I just want them to know, still no termites. Maybe it's the weather and also my DIY extermination skills. Now, do you think when they want these termite updates, do they? this is what they want? They want no termites? Or do you think they, they're like, oh, oh maybe these termites are going to come back? No. I hope I not. think they're on the right side of this one. Let's hope so. I don't know. Let's find out. All right, termite but heads. I, so there was like a tiny worm crawling up the wall, which I guess I think it's a millipede. Thank goodness our guest, who we're going to introduce in a moment, <laughs> knows this stuff. I think it might actually be a millipede. I thought it was just a tiny, skinny black worm, like maybe um, the size of maybe like three quarters of an inch long or even okay. less. And it was just motoring up and then down the wall. And I took a little Instagram video of it and... Um, did it on my Instagram stories. A lot of people let me know that's not what they're here for. No. They don't like that. No. They're here for pictures of my kids. Okay. In the Instagram stories. And termites. And, well, yeah. So then it was like, <laughs> oh, no. Termites and little worms. And I feel like I'm really painting this little pod cabin to be much more disgusting than it is. It's lovely. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank, thank you. you. No, thank you. Thanks for not making me work in a dump. Oh, yeah. Imagine if I did. I've, hey, I've done it. Who? No, I'm not naming names. All I'll right. Tell you, I'll tell you off, Mike. Okay. Is there really someone? Uh, there, there's a show that I've filled in on a few that I've been sort of like 
this is this is where you do this this is where you let people come in here i feel so before we officially moved into the pod cabin when we were already in this house though and get the guest who i'm going to introduce in a moment um <laughs> has been we were we had this set up in the office and it was really cramped in there mm-hmm. but it was still nice though but i feel like it wasn't not nice like this right but it was still fine. Still better than other things. I can't wait to find out. Don't <laughs> let me forget because I feel like sometimes on air, I'm like, ooh, I can't wait to find out off air. And then I completely forget. Yeah. And if it's someone I don't know well, I feel weird emailing them to find out. Okay. Allie Ward just did a pit check. <laughs> yeah, I sure did. Get up on that mic, girl. I feel kind of smelly. And then I'm looking over and you have like a deodorant over there. And I was like, oh, should I just ask to use that? Do you want to use it? It smells really good. It's native deodorant. Yeah. Let me, uh, can they, I put my pits on it? Please do. We have it. Tony, could you grab that for Allie? Yeah. We have that in here um, because when I was doing, I don't think they're, they haven't, they're not currently on the show, but they were very recently. And uh, I wanted to be able to smell it and pass it around the table when I would talk about them because it smells so good, right? Yeah, never been used before. Can I just Venmo you for this? You can just have it. <laughs> okay, I'm going to Venmo you. No need to Venmo me because oh, they so sent good. it to me. Yeah. I needed this. I just realized I left the house. I took a shower. I forgot to rub my pits. Mm. <laughs> so it's happening in the podcast. And so. it, it's meant to be because here you are. Do you? Okay, so I had an experience. Talk to me. And then I'm going to I've written down a full bio and everything for you. I was so. going to say, I like that her intro so far is just, you did a, you did a pit check. <laughs> yeah, I sure did. Yeah. And when I did it, I was like, oh, they can see me do this. But <laughs> we're all friends. <laughs> you guys, if, if you want to interrupt termite talk, sniff your pits because I will have to call it out. You know, of all your guests that you've had over the years, would there be anyone more excited to hear about termites than me? No, probably exactly. not. Exactly. Okay. So I... I interrupted my own enjoyment of listening to termite and millipede talk but i was just like we just talked about what a lovely environment we're in and i didn't want to sully it with my freshly washed but undeodorized armpits do you ever have it happen where you take a little whiff of your pit uh-huh. and it smells you it, it smells like both bo and your deodorant mm-hmm. and you're like but it, do I just now associate this deodorant smell with BO or is it both? No, it's a melange. <laughs> it's a melange of all the scents. Yeah. I mean, you have so many bacteria working so hard to make a mark there. And then mm. you just, this deodorant comes in and it's like, not today, fuckers. And so, yeah, you're just, you're smelling a battle is what you're smelling. Ooh. Yeah. A civil war <laughs> taking place on your own body. Allie Ward, yeah. host of the super popular podcast, Ologies, wherein oh. she interviews an expert, an ologist every week. Also host of the CW show, Did I Mention Invention? Did I say yeah, that sure right? Did, did yeah. I mention invention? Because yeah. all of a sudden, because my face wanted to say innovation, but that's because you're also a correspondent on Innovation Nation. Yeah. You are... Are you the host of Netflix's Brainchild? I'm the science friend, so I feel like I'm like the co-host. Okay. You're the co-host sure. of Netflix's Brainchild. You used to host a show for the cooking channel called Food, Fact or Fiction, and Tripping Out with Allie and Georgia. You're also an actor, a writer, a painter, an illustrator. You're now a house owner and a dog mom and someone who's in what seems to be a stable relationship, despite when you used to come on, it didn't... It, I mean, we had a right? nickname for him. Oh, we sure did. Cookie so, dough. Yeah. Because yeah. he brought you cookie dough to apologize for an indiscretion or what had happened? <laughs> no, I think I was really tired. And we had dated, we started dating like eight and a half years ago. And he was garbage. He was 25. I was 
much older than that. And mm-hmm. I was like, you are lovely. And at the time I was like, you're just like a banana. You just need to ripen. You got to go do your own thing. And was that was he green. He was like a green banana. Okay. And that was incredibly insulting to him. And I had to apologize for that for years. But I just meant, I'm like, you're just, we're in different places. Right. And, and, uh, and then, so we broke, we would break up. I would go date someone else. He would go date other people, a lot of them. And then, uh, were some of them, your friends. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, some of them. <laughs> you have a lot of friends. It happens. <laughs> I would be like, I'd be like looking through Instagram stories and I'd be like, oh, really? Well, that sucks. And then I'd cry a lot. And then, um, and then we, we finally just were like, oh, yeah, everyone else sucks. I missed you. Uh, and then he became like a full grown person. And yeah, but yeah, he brought me cookie dough and like a whole dinner when I had been traveling and I had like a hellish flight thing and he like showed up. Right as I came home from the airport. such a John Hughes move. I know. I know. He had made me some baked potatoes and they were like, he had made them at home and then like brought them so they were all ready to go. And he's like, okay, I got some white cheddar cheese, da 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 And I just started bawling. I was like, this is the nicest thing at anyone's – because I had mentioned when I was in New York in a taxi, I was like, oh, God, I really want a baked potato. And then I like flew across the country and as I was doing that, he was like, sweet, I'll bake some potatoes. So yeah. so he's so nice. Yeah, he done growed up. Now, was that when he had grown up though? That was when he had grown up. Yeah. Okay. So that was, we got over, we got over that hump. But his nickname was Cookie Dough Guy. I felt like there was still some ups and downs after that. I wasn't sure about it. I was kind of like, can I trust him again? Is he just being, is he just pretending to have his life together and pretending to be like a partner, but really he needs to go off and like ride a motorcycle and, and date YouTubers. But he, um, but no, he was in it to win it. You know, what's weird though is he stopped. He wasn't a super heavy drinker, but he just stopped drinking. And he uh, he went to Burning Man. With mm. His brother had a job like helping set up a camp at Burning Man, and they had a free ticket. So they're like, if you want to come and do some labor, you can experience the carnal delights of Burning Man. <laughs> and so he went, and he like, and he was like, he was sober there, and he's like, there's so many art cars, and I just kept thinking like, wow, I would love all these art cars. And then he just came back, and he was just like, cool. And it, who knew that it was a Burning Man? And I was like, how how much sex did you have with people in loincloths? He's like, zero. Was, mm. oh, those people are very annoying, apparently. <laughs> so yeah. so it's Wait, okay. people at Burning Man are very Just, annoying? Yeah. I think in general, there's a That's, culture there, guys. Yeah, but what is it? I think it's really, really rich tech people that are like, wouldn't it be fun to pretend like we were homeless and money didn't exist for a week? <laughs> and like... And then is that they, what they do? Yes. So there's no is there's no money. Is it like a club med thing? Yes. You have I didn't to barter know that. for things. Oh my gosh! But you have to be so rich to be there. Mm-hmm. So I think it started out as something grubby, and now it's just like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I feel about Burning Man in general. I usually feel like, wait, isn't this something that we make fun of and mock? But then I'll run into someone that I respect and like who actually who genuinely likes it, and then I'm convinced. Sort of like when I found out my friend Trevor wears those those shoes with the five with that hug each individual <laughs> toe five rooms? five rooms yes i didn't know what to do with that <laughs> i love this just like an, an orgy of excess and polyamory and vibram shoes are the same. <laughs> yeah. well th- they're connected by things that i don't like but then people that i like have a unironic appreciation of them i don't know i think it's changed a lot from what i understand people used to go to burning man because it was a way to unplug but now it's like a great place to go take uh, so many Instagram pictures and then post them when you get service again. And so I think it's kind of like, ugh. Did yeah. you ever go to Coachella before cell phone service happened there? I went to Coachella the very first year, um, but it I only went in the evening um, 
But you went I don't, the first year. Yeah, it was the first year. What yes. about you? Did you ever go to No. You could not pay me to go. I think. Really? I really dislike festivals. But what if you went in the beginning before it became like a Jenner fest? No, uh, but I but maybe maybe if I was if uh, I if we're going like in reality and I would have been much younger then okay. maybe I would have been more into it. But yeah, these days I it's it takes a lot to get it would yeah you really I'm they have me corn? and festivals no no good. What about corn dogs? Yeah, but you can get a corn. To... You don't have to go to a festival. You don't have to hear music to have a corn dog. I'll go to, and even if I'm gonna, I'll take Disneyland over uh, for a corn dog instead of a festival. Good point. I hit a moment years ago where I was like, I think I'm good on outdoor festivals. Yeah. I don't think I need to do this anymore because it used to be that when one would come to town, I'm like, oh my god, I have to go. I have to go. Like I felt like I felt like the best party was happening, and I'm gonna feel left out if I don't go. So I went to your weenie roast, Lollapalooza, <laughs> Coachella that first day. Anything, um, the Warp Tour when it was what was it called? It was it was the Borden OC and Borden South Bay. That was like the the thing that led to Warped. I went to all of that and I loved all of that, but then I aged out of it. Mm-hmm. Who would have to play for you to go to Coachella? Who would have to headline? I don't um um I saw Prince there. If they were doing if they were putting on Argentina <laughs> Or um, Jesus Christ Superstar, I might go. <laughs> like at this point, I was thinking about the that. Perfect t- setting. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Can you imagine if they had a festival like that where they're? Like, oh my god! They're uh, like Sondheim's on state on the Sahara tents. Why don't and they like, ever do they're that? They're like rent twenty four hour yeah. rent is going I mean, on. I would stop talking right now if I were you guys. And just That's such a good idea. Mic, Let's do this. You might be onto something. I mean, and then maybe maybe people from one stage go and perform on another stage <sighs> later. Wow. Why don't they have something I like know. that? I mean, it doesn't even have to be playing at the same time. It could just be you just go for like 12 hours of Broadway. Yeah. They I must know. have something like that. I don't know. It let's, seems like it would Let's exist. get a lawyer. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. Allie Ward. Yep. Fill me in on so you have so much stuff that you're doing nowadays. <gasps> I, I look at your success and I'm so happy for oh. you because you. I mean, first, last time you were on, uh, so you came on, you've been on the Thursday show a bunch. Yeah. You are a fan favorite. But last time you were on the Monday show, you had just started Ologies. It was sometime in 2017. Yeah. Uh, You you keep a binder. Yes. It's you kind of bullet journal. Sort of. But you are a avid binder keeper, avid keeper of a small binder. It's half sheet size. How dare you think I would not have it on me? Of course. I know. I know you have it on you. And you had a list of things you wanted to do. Yes. When you got rich. Now, I don't want to throw, I don't mean to financially throw you under the bus, but I feel like you've done these things. One was own a house. One was get a massage chair. Do, yes. do you own this chair now? Fuck yeah, I do. And then what was the third one? Let me see. Get a dog? No, I have a list called shit I'd like to do. Yeah. And I wrote this in 2017. Move or buy a house. Done. Got to check it off, you guys. Nice. Ooh, do you have like a gong or uh, some kind of sound effect to indicate that it's happened? Gong, gong. Yes. Chicken. Can that be my ringtone for you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I can. I can just okay. do one of those. Nice. Okay, great. Okay, I like it. Um, go to Hawaii. I know yep. you've done that. Um, I went there on a trip with Atlas Obscura, uh, and also my boyfriend's mom has a place out there, like. On just the lip of a volcano. And so I got to go out there. I got <laughs> Which island? Uh, the big one. 
and I got so many mosquito bites, I thought I had scabies. And then I went to <laughs> urgent care, and they're like, no, you just are delicious. delicious. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I got to go to Hawaii, and then I got to go with Atlas Obscura and Sarah Mac, uh, Sarah McAnulty, who's a squid scientist. I got to help her on an expedition. Wow. And, like hunt for, yeah. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> infinity massage chair. Yep. Okay, so in on Innovation Nation in 2014 or something, we went to New Hampshire to go cover the story. And my showrunner, Jim, was like, we've got this story. You know, we cover like people who use, who innovate algae as a biofuel and the guy who invented the cell phone and mm. like all these innovators, right? He's like, this story in New Hampshire is about massage chairs. And I was like, wow, get bent. That sounds like a whole lot of fluff. I don't want to do it, but I'll go. And I went and then I sat in it and I was like, this is life changing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's some guy, his wife has MS. And so he developed like the best massage chair. But these things are so many dollars. 10,000 is what you yeah, said last it's like time. 10 yeah. grand. And I was like, that's some, that's like some serious money. Yeah. I'd need to rob a bank for that. And so I kept telling myself I'd get it when I got a house because I lived in a studio apartment for eight years. And so I got the house. I reached out to him and I was like, hey, I know it's been like five years. I finally have some room for this massage chair. This is the one I want. And he was like, that's been discontinued. And I was like, motherfucker. And so he's like, like you waited just like that I, Pearl Jam song. So long. The waiting. So long. I was like, I like train left the station. And yeah. I was like, well, fuck me. And then he was like, but I have one that we used in the color you wanted as a demo model hanging out in a warehouse. I'll sell it to you for 75% off. And I was like, wow. Damn. Yeah. I was like, you got yourself one hell of a deal. How'd you get it? <laughs> Um, they shipped it to me and, uh, it was like free shipping. And so I got it at a crazy deal. And I figure if I get 25 massages, it's worth it. I've definitely had more than 25 massages. And if people ever come over, like my friend Simone sometimes will come and stay at my place when she's in town. Does she She, sleep in the chair? (laughs) She just, every, she actually helped me move it from one room to another. And she's like a roboticist and I couldn't get it out of this one because it's fucking huge. Mm-hmm. Like it's huge. It's like a huge space egg. And so I couldn't get it from the office into the guest room. And I was like, I don't know what to do. And so she's this amazing roboticist, Simone Yetch. She took it apart, moved it into another room and put it back together. That is trust. Oh my God. <laughs> I was, when it, when it came, when it went through the door that it couldn't fit through again, baked potato moment. I started bawling. <laughs> I was like, this is the nicest thing anyone's ever done for me. But yeah, like if anyone comes over, Hit the massage chair. I'll like, see you in 25 minutes. I have yeah. more questions about the chair, yeah. but I want to, but I like the ding. I'm dings. so sorry. I'm so no, sorry. No, 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 <laughs> Ellie. Like that, was, <laughs> that was not me reprimanding you. That was me saying to the listeners who are like, wait, we need to know about this chair. That was me saying, I gotcha. We're coming back to it. Okay. <laughs> it's a, okay. So they're in, we're not leaving chair world. Just to shout out because they gave me such yeah. a good deal. Infinity massage chairs are based in New Hampshire. And they're fucking expensive. They're so expensive. But sometimes they will have deals at Costco where you can get them for like – They have them at Costco? Yeah. Like sometimes they'll set up shop at Costco for like a weekend or two. Oh. And like a $7,000 chair is like 3500 So if you really have some room and some money and you're just like, this is something that – because for me, I don't get massages. Anyway. Mm. So just shout them out. Okay. Yeah. Um. Conquer the one that's not dinged off is mm. conquer procrastination. <laughs> <laughs> Working on it. You want to conquer procrastination. What would that look like to you? I do you ever do this where you when something feels like you want to do a good job on it, you can't bear to start on it because what if it sucks? Right. Okay. 
full, full, full disclosure. Yeah. As it, cause everything else is just partial. Right. Um, a friend of mine just lost. Oh, this feels like too. A friend of mine who I hadn't been in touch with just lost her husband. Oh no! And we were back in touch a little bit, and it's now my turn to email. Mm-hmm. And by the way, like she was like, it's so you know, this is like, thank you for being a light spot in the in this darkness. It's my turn to email, and the last one was like, tell me about your kids, tell me about your husband, and it's like. I want to include pictures. And anyway, I haven't responded because I want to write a like good big email, but it's been at the top of my to-do list mm-hmm. every single day for the last so long because I feel like such an asshole that like my wanting to write a certain kind of email is getting in the way of what really I, it's more about just reaching out. Um, and if, if she hears this, I love you. Do not think that you're someone who's on my to-do list. This is a me thing. But I feel like a real asshole. So I'm saying I totally get it. I that's that's another, I think, example of just like that stakes feel high. You want to do a good job. You yeah. want it to be like heartfelt, but a little funny and and informational, but not like gloaty. I'm sure there's like so many things you yeah. want to hit and do it just right. And so to send something off that like somehow was like not what you intended or missed the mark or wasn't right. It. You're like, I couldn't bear to do it. And so then you just, yeah, I, I come, it's just fear of failure. It's like perfectionism. Right. I am like, I've been like that since I was a kid and I would, I would put my papers off until the last minute and I'd stay up all night and turn them in and I'd like skirt by with a good grade. So I'd be like, I'm going to do it again. Mm. And then I'd push it to a little bit later. Is it because you need the pressure to make you finally get over yourself? Yeah. To just, um, I read a book about procrastination that was like, if you had, if you put a two by four between two buildings, like 20 stories up and you're like, walk across it, you'd be like, fuck no. Are you kidding? I'm going to fall. But if you set one building on fire, you would get across Mm. the two by four. Do you know what I mean? Like you just do it. And so I like, I think I'm so worried that I'm not going to do well that mm-hmm. I have to somehow need a lot of external have to have pressure. That fire behind you, yeah. Which that makes sense because it's it's not like I make better better things, but I just I and so for me being able to start something on a Tuesday when it's due on a Friday instead of a Thursday night would be like aces because I spend Thursday through Tuesday through Thursday just wringing my hands and thinking about it all the time and being like, I should be working. I should be working. Like, why am I, you know, just dicking around on something unimportant? So yeah, so I'm working on that. Is there anything that you don't procrastinate with? It's funny because it's like, is one thing that has always been weird for me is if I, if something's a hobby and I just like doing it and there's no stakes, I can excel and kick ass on it. And then someone's like, oh, you're pretty good at this. You want to turn it into a job? And I'm like, oh, mm. <laughs> and then I start worrying like, oh, no, I have someone to like disappoint. Right. So whenever I'm just like a total dilettante, like dicking around, I can usually like pull things off. But it's just so it's one of those things that so many people who have who have like perfectionism or anxiety just can't, it's not like even a time management thing. Cause it's like, I know I could find the time and then I could just like relax all weekend instead of being like, ah. and so that's been one thing I've been really trying to like, just like click in my brain mm-hmm. and try and start on things earlier. And my friend, Daylin Rodriguez, she's a showrunner on this show called queen of the South. She's such a badass, and we've been friends forever. And I, it's like, she's the person you call that you're like, what kind of mattress should I buy? What do I do if I have termites? Who's your financial advisor? Like, she's amazing. Oh, my she, God. Can we ask oh. her about the termites? <laughs> she would know. She's like, if you never needed a phone a friend, you just yeah. call Daylin Rodriguez. And I was having dinner with her the other night. And I was like, yeah, you know, procrastination is really like my big thing. And she was like, oh, I schedule it. I was like, what? 
she's like she's a showrunner. She writes these like huge TV shows, and she's like, oh yeah, I know. When I go to script, I'm gonna put it in final draft. I'm gonna just like let it marinate, and then I'm gonna go dick around for a couple days, and then I'm gonna say procrastination. Get out of here. I'm done with you. We've done this for two days. And and then she's like, you don't realize that when you're procrastinating, you're actually thinking of ideas and Mm. you're working things out. Just, you know, when you're unloading the dishwasher, you might be thinking about a plot point. And so she's like, yeah, I schedule it in. So I'm never like feeling shamey and guilty. I just know like first two days is going to be me just kind of like free form. And I was like, oh, that's genius. That's really smart. Mm. Yeah. Taylor Rodriguez. She's fucking got it going on, man. And I don't know what she'd say about your termites. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that's one thing. Um, sleep in a bed. Oh, right. Because you used to sleep You've on You've done f- or not done? Well, last oh, couple yeah. weeks have been pretty good, dude. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ever since I got the flu, I was like, wait a second. Where were you sleeping before? I mean, I know that you have like bouts of falling asleep on the floor and stuff on the yeah. way to your room. Well, that's part of my my terrible workflow is I just will work until I collapse on the couch. And so I'll just work and then I'll fall asleep with the lights on. But then I did this episode this past week, chronobiology, Catherine Hatcher. She's a, she studies, do you know circadian rhythms? I mean, I've heard of it. Yeah. It's like your day night rhythms. Mm -hmm. And so I talked to her about it and she broke it down in terms of how much your brain needs to like go to sleep when it's dark and be awake when it's light. And I was like, I gotta try that. So wait, what happens if it doesn't? Your your eyes can process like one photon of light, which is nothing. Like it's the scientists didn't even think that think that was possible. But um, you have this little tiny bit in your brain. It's tiny, 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 like tinier than a pearl, called the um, suprachiasmatic uh, nucleus, and it's this little tiny part, and it registers light and dark, mm-hmm. and it's essentially like your internal clock. And um, it takes the light and dark that your eyes register and it tells your body what's going on. And so your hormones will get all fucked up. Mm. And so your um, like all your – especially for women like estrogen, all these things. Um, but yeah, you'll just get like tired and depressed and have more like mental health issues. And your liver has its own clock. Like your ass has a clock. It's like time to poo, guys. It's like <laughs> what? You have all these circadian rhythms, and so we're just constantly messing around with them. Is your butt on a clock? Mine's not, but Daniel's is. Really? He's fairly like consistent with like. I'm yeah. so lucky. I'm so lucky that my butt's like. I know what time it is. Like you slept on the couch, but it's toilet time. Really? What time is God. your toilet time? Morning. Really? Yeah, I'm so lucky, and I a lot of times I'm like, how did I get so lucky? Because that is like not fun if right. you're off. Like, yeah. Whew, I had, I know some people. Wow. It's just like at any minute it's diarrhea o'clock for them. Mm. God. <laughs> IBS, man. <laughs> yeah. Sucks. Yeah. I'm so lucky. I, um, how's your probiotic intake? Well, it's not, it's not existent. <laughs> and you know what? When I'm feeling backed up, which is like, a, that's where I tend. Mm-hmm. Um, if I do take a probiotic, then usually it gets better. But, uh, what happened was we had a box of probiotics and then we had a really old box of probiotics. And Daniel went to reach for it and I said, Oh, those are really old. We should just throw those out. Mm-hmm. So then I went to go find, like I bought like a jumbo pack on Amazon. Okay. And I went to go find it and he had thrown it out because he thought they were really old. I'm like, you threw out the wrong one. Oh my God. So, um, 
that's no excuse for not replacing them, but that's what happened. No, I those aren't cheap, them. man. They're pretty expensive. Yeah. He threw out $59 <gasps> worth of probiotics. Oh my God. You should, if you bought them on a credit card, you should see if they're insured. <laughs> 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 like those Amex commercials where like a kid puts oatmeal in a VCR. I think I did buy it, but I feel like the thing with the, uh, not that you're being, I know you're not being serious, but I feel like to get Amex to actually reimburse, I, there's going to, you're going to have to jump through a lot of hoops. I don't know. Just tell him, listen, my butt's clock all over the place. And you're like, I get you. Let's go back to this chair for just a quick okay. moment. Then we're going to delve into, uh, I, don't, I don't know yet. I'm so go anywhere. excited to be here. I feel like I'm talking a mile a minute. I'm just literally so enthused to be here. It's I love, so it's been way too long. I know. Because your schedule has been nuts. Yeah. My CBS schedule, I normally do like 22 episodes a year. And instead of doing those in 12 months, we're doing them in seven. Mm. Um, and so since July, I think, which is probably the last time I was here, we've almost like doubled up. And so between like moving and, um, and you know how moving is. It's like, it's awful. You just like, you can't find any of your stuff. Yeah. And you're like, I got to call a plumber or what? And so between that and then doing like double the shoots. Right. So I've been like, anytime you've been like, hey, are you around? I'm like, oh, I'm in Baltimore. Like, oh, I'm in like Detroit. So I'm never home. Like, yeah. so yeah. And so thank you for, for being here today. I love it. Are you kidding? Um, this chair. Yeah. What does it feel like and how does it compare to other massage chairs that, you would find out and about all other massage chairs are garbage like you know how you're like why would i have something in my house that i could do at the nail salon or like the airport <laughs> yeah i've never really liked the i don't know how much of time i've really spent in those but in general i feel like i don't think i would like it that much i think those are and i do not have a dick but i think those are like a dry hand job mm. i think those are like very bad yeah they're like thanks but i'm good right and then <laughs> when you sit in like the space egg you put your arms in these envelopes that are like air bladders. And so they... And I'm not sold yet. <laughs> they alternate. And so they squeeze one arm and then they squeeze another. And it's just like your whole body is getting hugged at once. But then um, you also... Your feet go in these little... Um, Gosh, like receptacles? Feet envelopes? Sure, feet <laughs> envelopes. And then there's rollers on the bottom mm -hmm. and then your calves get squeezed. And then there's like a roller track that starts at the back of your head and goes down your neck all the way down your spine, your shoulder blades. This one goes under the butt. Mm. So you get a butt massage. and then But um, it doesn't get too fresh with you? Not fresh enough, no. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't get too fresh. It's just like, it'd be like if someone who was like a, a big Swedish lady like put an elbow in your butt. Not in your butt. <laughs> I think they do that at Burning Man. <laughs> I got elbowed. Um, but like kind of dug dug in. Right. But I like it better than an than an actual table massage because like a table massage, someone's like working on your feet and you're like, oh, that feels so good. And then they they only got two hands. Yeah. Then they move up to your calves. This like, is all at once. Yeah. This is like 20 minutes of all at once. And then if you want more, you're like, cool, I'll just press go again. And I don't have to drive anywhere. I don't have to tip anyone. I don't have to get oily. Mm -hmm. I just literally walk in my guest room. How well, often do you do this? I would say probably like three or four times a week, only because I'm not home that much. Mm -hmm. But um, it's the best. And my favorite thing is if people come over and I'm like, you want to hit the space egg? And they're like, can I? I'm like, the more people use it, the less dollars it cost me per use <laughs> so i'm like yeah it makes me so happy like they'll come out and their hair is all fucked up and they're like oh, <laughs> yes. it's the best it's so ugly 
it is so unsightly. And I got the cutest one that is possible. <laughs> like it looks like a big white shell. If anyone wants, to, if anyone needs a visual, it's an Ayashi. And I got a big white one that's like a caramel color in inside. So it's mm. like as cute as it gets, but wow. Yeah. It's still like. I need to go look. Can you look this up, Tony? An Ayashi. Yeah. An infinity Ayashi. How would one spell Ayashi? A Y O S H I. That's how I want to spell it. I. Oh. Y A S H I. Again, they didn't. They gave me a discount on a floor model because this one is like not. This mm-hmm. is no longer being made, but it's yeah. It was one of those purchases that I was like, I want a house specifically so that I'm not in the studio apartment and I have an excuse to use this. Is this right? Is it this guy? Yeah, but it's the white one, so okay. it's this one. All right, I will be the judge. <laughs> Here we go. So dumb. This is like if in you know big with Tom Hanks. Yeah. This is like oh, my version of that. It looks almost like oh, it looks like <sighs> how do you describe it? It almost looks like it looks like medical equipment br- bred with like a stormtrooper. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You're correct. It doesn't look like I expected. No, cuz you were saying egg, so I was yeah. thinking of like something really more egg-shaped. Like you don't go into this. No, it's not. It's not a, a cocoon. No, but it does tilt back, and so you're kind of just like yeah. nestled in this big dumb bassinet. Now I have. What did you just oh. <laughs> uh, knock something else off your list? No, I had been to your old apartment. I was not aware it was a studio. It was. It was like one. My bed was in the dining room. Oh, so it was like a single. I guess right. There were no hallways. It was just like one big room. Right. The kitchen. And then a bathroom. But, okay. Um, so that was the dining room that was your bedroom. Yeah. So I was like four feet away from my stove all the time. <laughs> and if I'd ever make like overnight stew, like a chicken stew, all night I would smell it. Because it would be like two <laughs> feet away. And I remember just dreaming like, ugh, that pork loin. Like so over by the time I woke up. Do you make stew often? Not anymore. <laughs> Did you? I think I had more dinner parties back then mm. when I worked for Cooking Channel. So I'd be like, oh, oh right. I got to work on like a beer can pork loin. Mm. I'm, I've been making soup lately, though. Really? Yeah. Like in an Instapot or in a pot pot? I don't do Instapot, man. Tell or, me do why. you have one? Yes, I have one. I, I debated it for a long time. Okay. And then I got one and then I made a few things in it and I was very excited by it, except because it's so fast. Yeah. They did not come out so well, but I think that's user error. Sure. Uh, and then I haven't returned to it. I bought stuff that I don't even normally have in the house and not even anything fancy, but just like chicken broth and carrots and various things that I decided I'm going to have these on hand for when I do my, my experimenting in the instant pot. And then I just, I think there might be some chicken in the freezer and then I haven't returned to it. I think the cool thing about it is you can get like a, you know, when you get like a rotisserie chicken, Mm -hmm. you can eat most of the chicken and then just put that in an instant pot with some water and then have like full on bone broth in like 40 minutes. That's what my sister did like uh, over Thanksgiving, you know, like the turkey carcass that normally like you just feed to vultures or something. I don't know what you do (laughs) or make bone jewelry. She put it all in an instant pot and then like 40 minutes later had like bone broth. Well, there you go. Yeah. But I just, I don't trust myself to use it enough. Yeah. Unlike a ginormous medical stormtrooper. <laughs> it seems like you're getting a lot, a lot of use out of that. It's the best. Come over and use it. I would love to. I give my neighbors my keys and they just come over when I'm not home. My neighbors yeah. have a set of keys. They they texted me over Thanksgiving. They're like, does anyone have any space in their oven? And I was out of town and I was like, you have my key. Go use my oven. Use the massage chair. And she did. She had like, a, and some of her relatives came in. Do you love your neighbors? My neighbors are cool. Do you love owning a home? 
I do. I do. I thought it would be a giant pain in the ass. And so far, it's been cool. How about you? How do you feel about it? I like it. Um, I think initially I was stressed about the financial aspect of it yeah. because it seemed much more intense than renting. Yeah. But then really, it's just you pay your mortgage every month and it's very similar to paying. I mean, the number's a little different, but yeah. the the um, <laughs> the logistics of it, it's pretty similar to just paying rent. Yeah. Like once you get through all the beginning stuff, then the money stuff is not... Um, not overwhelming. That being said, we're refinancing right now mm-hmm. um, because the rates have changed and I'll, like I only half understand what we're doing, which is sort of weird. Usually I would understand more, but I'm just going with it. Um, but that is involving now paperwork again and an appraisal again. And like, I'm like, this is the, this, this is reminding me of that stress from back then that I never wanted to have again. Yeah. But I guess that just happens. But yeah, in general, um, I do, I like the house a lot. I like not living up a flight of stairs. I like having a yard. I like having this little place that we are recording in. Um, yeah, so it's good. I like running the blender at nine o'clock and not worrying about waking everyone. Right. Or like making a ruckus and like laughing or screaming and not being like anyone's oh, house. Mm-hmm. You know what happened to me today? What? I got a phone call. From a number that looked familiar. Are you getting one right now? <laughs> no, what is Is that? that me? I don't know. It's like plucky banjo music. I don't know, but it's pretty jazzy. Oh my God. It's pretty jazzy. What's that ringtone? <sighs> <laughs> it's that my husband changed the time of his haircut. <laughs> I didn't even. I it's so rarely. I happens. wanted to know. I wanted to know. I, I was like, okay, well, it was going to be sat- Sunday, but okay. now we have plans on Sunday, so he switched it to Saturday at 10 a.m. Okay. Whew. Thank yeah. God. Thank God that this got interrupted by that. <laughs> um, we have a shared oh family calendar that is o- like only used for his haircuts and pediatrician appointments. <laughs> I love it. I love that I know that now. And I, I need to apologize because I was definitely like, Tony or Allie, whose phone is making that noise? <laughs> I know. So it feels so good it. to be in the clear because I'd be like, right? oh, no. Yeah. Oh, shoot. In my defense. Yeah. Has this ever happened with me? It has never happened in the entire, in the course so. of my no. hosting a podcast. You're so. pro. You're pro all the way. I, I'm losing it, I guess. No, no, I no, actually no. do feel like things that I felt confident in, like not making noise during a podcast or keeping dates straight or th- thing, things that Daniel is not always so good at. And I'm like, God just double check your schedule or why, why do I have to mention this more than once and things where I, and I'm like, I'm making those kind of mistakes now and it's actually making me, it's freaking me out because mm-hmm. usually I don't make these kind of mistakes and all of a sudden I am. Um, you got two babies. You got two babies. I guess. I, I mean, have, I do. I have zero babies and I'm doing yeah. the same thing. Are you kidding? All the time. Are we just not present? No, we just have too many distractions. There's like impeachment hearings and there's like yeah. climate change. There's a lot going on. There is a lot going on. You know? Allie Ward. Yes. Um, from where I'm sitting, it seems like you were plugging away, working really hard. You're always working really hard. But all of a sudden, it's like you you have just become successful in so many different oh. directions. Uh, d- does it feel that way from where you're sitting? I feel very, very lucky. I feel like uh, I feel like there's a lot of things that I've been trying to tee up for so long that finally like went boop, 
boop, boop, boop, boop, like once one thing. A part of it honestly was just moving. I wanted to move for so long. I was in this apartment. It was really small. I'd had like uh, kind of, I had some good memories, but I had like a lot of bad memories mm-hmm. there too. So it kind of bummed me out like low key all the time. Um, oh, that's what happened today is I got a phone call. I picked it up and someone's like, eh, can you buzz me in? And it was my old apartment building. It's like, <laughs> I moved like a year ago. <laughs> but if it was like Amazon. I was like, okay. But um, I don't know how I got to move. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so like so much hinged on that. Like I couldn't get a dog until I left. Right. I couldn't get this weird Stormtrooper space egg. Like all these things that I wanted to do that finally like – finally kind of fell into place. And um, and I couldn't buy a house for a couple of years because I had incorporated and I like didn't know the accounting steps before. Mm. Like if you ever are a corporation, you've got to do your taxes completely different if you're going to buy a house. So just shit that I had to learn that I was like – Because ah. you have to show a certain amount of income. Yeah, like – um. If you have to, to make sure that you yeah. pay yourself enough, um, so so that if you're and a lot of people in entertainment or who are artists or who are musicians or something will um, will take in the money as a corporation and pay themselves a salary. So I just had kind of a shitty accountant who didn't have me transfer enough money at the end of the year, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh no. So just all these things that were holding me up, and then they all kind of started falling into place. But I think the biggest thing about it is I just feel like. Especially since doing ologies, because the last time I was on a Monday show was right when ologies launched. And mm-hmm. I was like, is anyone going to listen to this podcast where I'm talking for like an hour to like a volcano expert? Like people want salacious stuff. Like people maybe – They want termites, Allie. They want termites. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this might not work and that's going to be embarrassing. But over the last couple of years, it's been so great that people – listen and i just feel more like confident just being myself than having to fit into like what i hope people want and so i think once you start doing that then it's a lot easier just to be happy because mm-hmm. you're like oh i can just show up as i am instead of like any success i got when i didn't feel like i was fully myself like didn't feel like success it didn't feel like happiness like any any like acclaim or like you got this TV show, you got this. When I felt like I was kind of twisting myself into a pretzel to fit into it, mm. it didn't. It didn't feel good. It'd be like if you were really like really wanted a bowl of ramen, and someone's like, "Here's a bowl of ramen," and then you look at it, and it's like, "Oh, this is a plastic ramen from the window, isn't it?" And they're like, "Yeah," and you're like, "I don't. This is doesn't feel good." <laughs> and so, like getting to do my own stuff just feels so much better. What? Um, and if you don't want to name names, that's fine. Um, but if you do, that's also great. I'm wondering what are some examples of things where you felt like you're pretzeling? I just, you know, for a long time, you know, it was really fun to do some of my like food network and cocktail stuff. Like that was all fun, but there's a certain lifestyle of like being a cocktail girl that felt disingenuous to mm-hmm. me. Like uh I, I just remember people would leave comments being like, Oh, you went to the beach today, huh? Hope you had a Flasco whiskey. And I was like, that's not even what my life is like. Like yeah. And so I just felt like I had to put on this this air of being like, I'm the mouthy drunk lady. And then I, I felt like kind of embarrassed because I was like, that's not really how I, I live my life. So because mm-hmm. it, it just felt like there's so much more that I wanted to like look at and figure out how it worked. And and so, yeah, I just felt like it was it was kind of pandering a little bit. Has science always been one of your passions? Always, yeah. Just because it's so fucking weird it's so weird there's so much that happens in science like 
all those dicks that walked washed up on a beach today. Those are so gross. <laughs> I know. I find them to be truly like they really. <laughs> it makes me. It's making me question my sexuality. That a bunch of fucking. Do you know what we're talking about, Tony? Yeah. All these dick fish because they really. I have a visceral like very negative response to seeing these pictures. They're the worst kind of dick pic, though. Do you know what I mean? It's like how not to take a dick pic yeah. times ten thousand. <laughs> Number one, your dick should be alive. Hopefully. <laughs> oh, are these dead ones? We're looking. Oh yeah, they're dead dicks that washed ashore. Yeah. Innkeeper worms or something. There's some. There's some kind of analyst. There's some kind of like a worm. Yeah. But um. <laughs> but I mean, that's so exciting to be like. Imagine a world where it's like. 10,000 dead dicks are going to show up on a beach. Like, there's so much weirdness. And, like, yeah. the way that your cat acts is weird. The way that your own brain works is weird. And, like, I just think that there, that to me is so much more exciting than, uh, than Cocktails? just <laughs> than being like 10 different ways to drink coconut vodka. Like, no what? offense to anyone who does that. I just felt like I felt like I was misrepresenting myself a little bit. Were you at one point. Work was cocktails something you were super into at a at a certain point? I thought they were fun. You know, it's fun to be like, "Ooh, how can you drink a pumpkin?" Right. You know, like the same kind of way that it's, you know, it's it's fun to, yeah, like eat Halloween candy. You're like, this mm-hmm. is fun, but you probably if you did it every day, right? Like, Jesus Christ. But it's not like you're creating cocktails in your home bar and branding them and making that your thing. Yeah, like there was a time when it was. It was fun to tinker around and get creative with it, but it just felt like uh, it felt like it was more of a brand mm-hmm. than more of like a I don't know fake persona. But I mean, I, I had a lot of fun doing it, and um, and you know my my business part of the time we had fun doing it, um, you know. But I think we just kind of outgrew it. Do you feel like the house and the dog? Um, does. Wait, I feel like there's a third thing that you were holding yourself up on to do. <laughs> Maybe it was that. Um, do you feel like those, like how do those relate to you being yourself? And it, it, do they relate to the biz, the career success and feeling more like you're being yourself? I think that in a way, yeah. Because I think that I felt like I didn't deserve those things before. Like I felt like, I mean, obviously I have an easy time spending money on other people, but I have a hard time spending money on myself. Mm-hmm. I always have, you know, just because I felt like, well, who am I to, to have this or I can do without or what if I buy a pair of pants for $30 and then I just, th- that awakens a goblin in me that just spends all their money like Michael Jackson and just, you know, just totals up all this weird stuff. Never going to happen. But so for me, like spending money on myself was hard because I was like, do I deserve this? Mm. Um, But I think that like, realizing it's okay to be happy is like a big part is because if you keep saying like, I don't deserve to be happy, you're never going to get the things that you think are going to make you happy. But if you're like, you know, things would be better for everyone around me and me being less happy doesn't make other people more happy. Right. Unless they're true assholes, in which case you probably shouldn't be friends with them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, I think just to like, you know, not that you're entitled to it, but just that, not to be scared of happiness in a way that uh, that it's going to crush people around you if you're like, oh, hey, I'm in an okay mood, you know? Where do you think that came from, this this feeling that it's it's safer if you aren't outwardly or perhaps aren't inwardly happy? I think that a lot of that is codependent stuff. Like if you grew up in a house or if you have a dynamic in your life where 
you're taking care of someone mm. who is you feel like is a mess or someone has you around because as long as you are a mess, they're taking care of you and they feel good about it. And, you know, I think especially people with siblings or with parents who have anything, it can happen so easily. Like if a parent is sick or if you're, you know, your sibling is kind of a wild child, like you can get into these dynamics where it's like, okay, they're allowed to do whatever they want. And it's my job to hold down the fort to make sure everything's fine. Or it can be opposite and be like, I can be crazy and then other people will feel good taking care of me. So I think like people get into these dynamics a lot where one person has to be a mess and one person has to hold down the fort. And I think that once you can take a step back and see those patterns, you can say, oh, wait, like being a martyr doesn't make me a better person or looking for people who need fixing or who are always angrier who's who always have a problem that I can fix like doesn't make me a more virtuous person it's just repeating bad patterns you know I, will, I am curious what allowed you to take a step back and see those patterns but first I need to talk about yes. the best holiday gift yes. and the best suitcase ever do you have an away suitcase no you... I have two of them <laughs> yeah okay well i have three <laughs> no i not <laughs> they sent me two and i was like do i have to give one back no i like them so oh much. you have two that are the same size yeah How or no great. one's one slightly larger okay i have the carry-on but uh, now they have a bigger carry-on yes. even i have the medium and i have a large the newest one is the medium so and the medium one is the expandable one Ooh. it's like a little bit soft on the outside the thing about away luggage and i I feel like probably people listening have heard of Away and they've seen it because it's become such – it's like in the way that um, the name of the brand becomes synonymous. I feel like people will just say, hey, grab your Away. Um, but uh, they have four 360-degree spinner wheels. No more struggling with your bag. You can push it. You can pull it. You can sit on it. You can – you can do anything with it. Um, and then they've got this uh, internal compression system that smushes your stuff down on one side. You put your shoes and your non-smushables on the other side. It's just <laughs> so great. And the carry-on and the bigger carry-on have uh, a removable battery so you can charge your phone. Whoever said it's all about the journey has never traveled during the holidays. It's the most stressful, craziest time to hit the road. But Away's products are designed to work and fit together, making travel smoother for the holidays and beyond. Um, uh, yeah, I just, we just, uh, we just went to Hawaii and came back and Daniel used my brand new medium and I did kind of keep a overly close watch on it the whole time, like just to make sure that he's treating it the way that he should be, even though it's theoretically ours, but I'm just kind of a jerk. And then I put all my stuff and the kids stuff, uh, in the, the large, it's it's great. Uh, I cannot recommend them highly enough. Away's newest line of suitcases are made from a durable, water-resistant nylon exterior that's made to last a lifetime. They're designed to expand 1.75 inches, so you have the flexibility to pack even more into your trip. Those are the ones I'm talking about. Yeah. But I, so I have two of the polycarbonate shell ones, and then I've got one of this these like expandable nylon ones. I love them both. And there's a hundred-day trial on everything Away makes. Take the product out on the road and live with it. Travel with it. Get lost with it for a hundred days if you decide it's not for you, you can return any non-personalized item for a full refund during that period. No ifs and or asterisks. And they offer free shipping and returns. And also they have stores in select locations now. Nice. Um, traveling during the holidays is crazy, but getting away can make every trip a lot more seamless.
Alice. Visit awaytravel.com slash Allison to learn more. And if you're in the contiguous U.S., order by noon, 1219, for free expedited shipping and delivery by 1224. For additional last-minute holiday shipping details, check out their website, awaytravel.com slash Allison. That's awaytravel.com slash Allison. But also, I want to talk to you guys about Best Fiends. Best Fiends is a super fun puzzle uh, game that you play on your phone. Would I describe it specifically as a puzzle game? I don't, I guess, I look, I'm not a gamer. I don't know all the terminology. All I know is Best Fiends is... Uh, it's addictive and it's mindless, addictive in the best way and mindless in the best way. It's like if you want to just do something on your phone that's going to allow you to tune out, but you're still present enough to like take care of whatever needs to be taken care. Of. It's just a good, light, fun game that you'll want to play. They're super fun characters. They're bugs, Allie. Oh! It's right up your alley, <laughs> Allie. Yes. Uh, Best Fiends updates the game monthly with new levels and events, so it never gets old. Uh, it's... You collect different characters. You use them strategically for each level. And uh, there's music and characters. It's just really, it's really fun. Uh, engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game there you go. Mobile puzzle game is a must play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. Again, Best Fiends. Okay, so Allie, what yes. has uh, the, the question that I was getting at before that stuff, um, what allowed you to like take a step back and see the patterns that you were recreating? You know, I think it's so funny. I had a therapist like years ago who asked me if I knew what codependency was. And I was like, no. And she's like, oh, no. <laughs> so, um, was that noise you say no? Uh, it was both of us, I think, groaning uh, just in anticipation of the realizations that I was about to go through. Just got it. Oh, no, yeah. Here we go. <laughs> uh, but I, they read this book, Codependent No More by Melanie Beattie. Yes, I have that book. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Damn. Damn. Yeah. It should be required reading. I think it's so, so often we grow up with, yeah, either feeling like I have to fix a mess or I have to keep myself a mess so that someone feels useful in my life. And I think I was- Which one were you, the fixer? I think I was a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. I think like, I think there were ways that I kept myself like- uh, Houseless and chairless yeah. and dogless. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, there's like this- I think it's also for a woman who is successful, there's like a little bit of a Liz Lemon expectation where it's like, okay, you can be successful, but you better not have a love life. Right. That better be a mess. You better date some guy who sells beepers. And I, so I think that I kept my love life a little bit just shitty mm -hmm. because you better not have a – You better not have it all. Yeah. yeah. You, you better have a caveat where it's like, don't worry. You think I look good, but you mm -hmm. know, I'm wearing 10 – pairs of Spanx and I'm miserable inside or something. And so I think that there were maybe dynamics where I kept myself kind of smaller so that I felt non-threatening and, and also where I felt like, okay, I have to work really hard to keep, you know, this, this thing going, uh, because I need to show that I can handle it if someone else is, you know, uh, more chaotic. So I think it's just like, and I think that happens and I think it depends sometimes on the relationship that you're in. I think it happens in friendships and partnerships and it can happen with siblings and it can happen in different relationships. And I think it's just this, um, this notion that there's a, there's a bigger dichotomy between types of people where mm. one person has to compensate. And, um, 
I think looking at that and seeing some of those patterns and realizing like, oh, I don't have to relive those patterns for all of my life. You know, I don't have to like, you know, make myself more of a mess so that someone feels handy, you know? And so, yeah, like, I think I I kept myself kind of more miserable because I didn't want to feel threatening to anyone. Mm. And then I, but then you realize like all the people in your life who really love you are like, Jesus, all like, just be happy. We would love it if you were happy. And you're like, oh, this isn't a diseased relationship. Like I'm reliving from my childhood. (laughs) Like people who really care about you and love you want nothing more than to see you stoked, you know? So, and there's no like woman in my life that I'd be like, oh, so glad her relationships are a mess. You know, I feel right. better about myself. They're like that. It's like you've got your own problems if you think that. So I think like that let me um, see all these gray areas where I might be a mess about some things, and I might really be great at other things, and my partner might be way more chill about some things, and you know, and that's totally okay. There doesn't have to be this big fissure, you know. So yeah, that 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 therapist who introduced me to that um, those concepts was so helpful. So. Yeah, if you find if anyone out there finds themselves struggling with feeling feeling like every they have to keep everything in order for people or they have to they have to be a mess for someone to clean up like damn Melanie Beattie's got your back, man. I'm relating so strongly to what you're saying. Um did you feel guilty for your natural gifts or your natural abilities or talents? I don't know. I think I always I think one thing I always told myself was I didn't have any. I oh. just was a hard worker. Okay. So I, I never felt like I wanted to own like, oh, I must be kind of good at this. I always just felt like I must be busting my ass. And that is something that it's like everyone has a dial they can turn up to 11. And I don't think I realized that, oh, I'm I'm lucky to be good at some things. And I'm lucky to be able to turn the dial up to work harder. And other people are better at other things. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, I think like, a big part of me was just like, just stay small, stay self-deprecating, like make fun of yourself at every turn, like, you know, make fun of your, make fun of your love life, you know, make, uh, don't let, let on that anything's good because people will get pissed off. Like you'll become a target. Yeah. You'll become conspicuous. Yeah. And then someone's like, oh, well, look at that. Is there a speci- were there specific people who actually would be that way, or is there some part of you that would feel competitive with? Because sometimes I'm like, why am I so worried to be a certain way or do this thing? And and it's like I think because there have been times in my life that I've been angry at that. Oh, I get. that. I'm being real vague, but no, I get that. I think like um, I think whenever you start to feel petty about someone else. It's always about you. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And so, like, I think that understanding what I felt like I wasn't good at or what I felt like I didn't have enough at or what I was worried about always helped me, like, break down those kinds of, like, feelings of pettiness, you know? Is that a thing you experience, though, comparing yourself to others? I do, yeah. I compare myself to others. And a lot of times I think because I was so driven with work, you know, and I, and I say that I procrastinate a lot and, and granted, like I might procrastinate on a project, but I'll be working on other projects while I procrastinate or I just, I try to work myself to the bone in ways that I don't need to. And I think that I would resent a lot when I'd be like, Oh man, other people get to watch TV and like sleep in. And so I would like kind of silently tell myself like, Oh man, like how come everyone else can do that? And I was like, okay, no, I've got to work twice as hard because mm-hmm. I'm, don't have gifts enough or I don't have luck enough. So I better really like show up 
and work, work, work. And so I think, yeah, I think a lot of times it's easy, easy to compare yourself to other people. And, but a lot of times, especially with women too, I would feel like if I saw another woman succeed, I'd be like, okay, good. Like it's possible, you know, like if a peer of ours would like get booked on a show as a writer or get nominated and be like, oh my God, okay, like there's a path through this mm-hmm. jungle. Um, but sometimes if people were bitches, I'd be like, why them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, how do they, how come they, how come karma's not serving them what they deserve, you know? But, um, but I think that's when it, when it comes to just being yourself and doing what you really want to do, you realize that if you're like being totally yourself and doing the shit that you really want to do and making the stuff you want to make, usually you don't have any competition because you're like really leaning into what's weird about you. Mm-hmm. And you're not like joining this long queue of people who are competing for the same thing. You're just like, well, fuck all. I'm out of that game. I'm going right. to go be in this game. And look, there's no one else here. So it's like, there's no one else talking about, you know, dick fish and, and yeah. termites and stuff. I was, I was listening to our old episode and we were Aww. talking about, um, I actually forget what it was that triggered this memory, but I had a memory of the, of just the, the, the different boxes I was trying to fit into that like, I could not, like, I remember a manager, um, or a potential manager saying like something, it was something like, you know, is looking for someone. I think you might be great for that. And it's like, I wish I could be good, good at that. But that is like, just not, I just, it's just not natural. That being said, if anyone's listening, who's filling that role, I'm still, wor- I'm, I'm willing to consider it, but like, it didn't feel like you. Not really. Yeah. It's really not. That's, that's me doing cocktails. Right. Right. And it- I can, but it's not, it's not truly like if you s- would see that and then were to listen to this podcast, you'd be like, there's a real discrepancy between the two of them. Right. Yeah. I think that's when it, that's when the success doesn't feel as gratifying is when you know you're kind of faking it, mm-hmm. you know? And, but it's really hard to say, okay, well, I think what I'd really be good at is this weird thing that maybe nobody would like. And then you're like, Ugh. yeah. So it takes, it takes a lot of faith and it takes a lot of luck. But I, I always think though, if you don't see anyone else doing what you want to do, instead of taking that as like proof that a bunch of people have like tried and mm-hmm. died on that hill, like just take it as like, oh, there's a spot for you, you know? Like mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. I think that was that that was the biggest thing that I wish I knew before. Like, and I do kids' shows and I get to be goofy and weird in the kids' shows, but you know, I'm definitely not saying the f word and and talking about like lizard dicks and stuff but <laughs> with ologies i was like there's no other podcast like this that's uh, this is gross as i want to be and is like candid so god there must be so many people that just it just must not, oh it just didn't work yeah. yeah it must not be a good market for it and so i was like i'm gonna try it anyway and i just lo and behold like happened to partly you know get lucky and then also being like okay well there are people that want to hear science that's not made for third graders mm-hmm. you know and i'm like good to know this whole time i was like it's really not gonna work <laughs> like oh no you just do the thing you know so that's been really helpful and also i talked to all these ologists and i talked to all these inventors and stuff and they always have good life advice and this their life advice is always the fucking same but it's it? always like i hear more than anything and i've asked like 150 inventors and like engineers and these people what advice do you give to future innovators? And they're all like, be afraid to fail. Like, just fail. Don't like, be afraid to fail. 
yeah, or don't be afraid to fail. Just go, just go and iterate. Failure is part of success. You're going to do something and it's not going to work a little bit. And then you're going to reapproach it and do it again. But if you stop the first time you fail, like, that's why it doesn't work. Like everyone that everyone that gets to where they want to be is like, oh yeah, I messed up so many times, and it's just a matter of like resilience more than it is of perfection or genius. And even with the ologists that I talk to, it's like I'll talk to people who have these really niche careers or niche interests, and it's always like, well, I thought I should go to med school because we needed a doctor in the family, and. Turned out I didn't want to do that at all. And now I'm like really good at studying bird feathers. And you're like, great, you know? So I think the people who are like really led by their own passion tend to be the more successful, which has been good. So you're like, okay, well then just do what fires you up Mm -hmm. instead of being like, hello, I am faking it for approval, which does like not work. Do you think that's a young person thing or a female thing? Ah, that's a good question. I think that, both of the thing I think people have in common who are young and who are female are just like imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. I hear that so much. People who think who don't see themselves in a certain career or they think that they're faking it and uh, they don't realize how much older guys have faked it all the time. And they just don't call it faking it. They just call it like making a guess. Right. But we call it faking it. You right. Know? Um but yeah, I see I see guys, scientists, like so many times will make a guess of something that's totally wrong. And they're never like, I'll be right back and like crying in the bathroom being like, I guess something was wrong. <laughs> they just are like, oh, it's not a big deal. But I think. Whereas it, I would be like, I'm so sorry I got that wrong yeah, a thousand times. Yeah. And it's like, we don't need to do that at all. Yeah. It's just part of like. I mean, I remember I was on this hike with a bunch of scientists and like we were in the mountains and someone saw some huge um, tracks and they're like, wow, what is this? And an ecologist I was with was like, these are puma tracks, da, 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 da. And then this woman who is a biologist in that particular mountain range, like walked up behind him and was like, that's a dog. And just like kept walking. And the guy was like, oh, and just, you know. And it wasn't a whole it thing. It wasn't a whole thing. <laughs> but if it had been reversed, right. that woman would have been like, I have to quit science. I <laughs> right. can't. I don't belong here. And the guy was just like, oh, yeah, I guess I missed Cat of the Toes or whatever it was. But um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so I think it's just like you just have to be willing to fail and get up again. And also like not – another thing that the, all these innovators tell me is not to like have an idea and sit on it or have mm. like a dream and then be like, I have to wait until it's perfect before I can execute it. It's like you have to just do it and it'll get better as you go. But there's no like – amount of simmering and instapotting and like <laughs> like fermenting that really makes things good. It's just like you have to get your hands dirty, you know? And I think that that's the those those kind of lessons that I've learned have been like so valuable. I'm like my producer Stephanie, uh, we travel together all the time. She's amazing. And before I started ologies, whenever they would say like, yeah, you just got to take your idea and do it. We're not afraid to fail. She would always like side-eye me during the interview. <laughs> She'd be like <laughs> Apologies. I'm like, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> oh, had you thought about doing it for a long time? Yeah, and I sat on it for like nine months before I, before I put it out. So, yeah, she's always like, <clears throat> so I t- you Did you sit on the idea or you sat on actual interviews? I sat on the idea for 15 years. I had the idea. Wow. I wanted to make a book or something. I found this big list of ologies and I was like, I want to do something. But um, I recorded like five or six interviews and I was tinkering with them and I didn't quite know if they were too dry or whatever and – this is before I like figured out to put a sides in mm-hmm. that would be like 
more informational or whatever to kind of lighten it up. And, um, but I didn't, I didn't have a transcription service. Like, and then I started using this transcription service called Temi, T-E-M-I, like 10 cents a minute. Mm-hmm. So you can upload an hour long file and it costs $6 and you get like, it's amazing. A, it's so helpful if you're ever like, especially if you're doing podcasts and you, you can't wrap your brain around editing. Right. So I finally did that. And then I was like, oh, okay. Like, here's where we need a break. Here's where we need to pause so I can explain what a caldera is. Like, here's whatever. But before that, I just was like trying to edit it and being like, this isn't right. And I don't know how to fix it. And I can't put this out. This is my big chance. And so I like sat on it forever until I finally. um, And then one night, someone messaged me on Instagram. And they're like, hey, there's this guy who has a podcast called Hello Internet. And Brady Heron, I think, he was talking on one of his podcasts about wanting to do an ologies podcast. Oh, really? And I was like, I have the artwork. I have like six interviews done already. <laughs> like I already have the um, at ologies like Instagram. Like I've tweeted about it. And it was just this coincidence. And so I already had my trailer. So I put it up like that night. I emailed Brady. I was like, hey, I know that you mentioned – I just so you know, I've been working on this for like a year and I'm – about to launch it. And he was like, oh, well, it's a great idea. And I wish you luck. And I hope no one's a dick to you. And, you know, about us both having that idea. And so, um, because I had it like read, kind of ready to go, but I right. was just sitting on it. And so I just like put it out imperfect. And then I was off to the races. But it took me like a massive threat of like someone else got to this faster than you. And I was like, ah, <laughs> it felt like the fire documentaries with Hulu and Netflix. <laughs> Do you wish you had done it sooner? <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. It's totally it, – it, it's a project that is so close to my heart and it's so, like, elementally me and it's opened up so many doors and, you know, like, let me get a, a dog and, you know, all these things that I wanted to do. I wish I had done it before. Mm. But I was just so afraid to show up as fully me and fail and uh, I just didn't have enough faith in it. But, yeah. But I remember I went on your podcast and I have a I have a piece of paper in my stupid binder. It's like podcast I want to go on. And it was Allison Rosen. When I asked you to be on my podcast, you sent me a picture of that. Yeah, and I, I was very, very flattered. I think I still have it. I was like, I really wanted to do your podcast. But um but yeah, it's been like a really it's been, you know, my favorite project and I've gotten to do so much stuff with it. But have you streamlined the process? Because I know at the beginning you were doing <laughs> you were editing yourself and yeah. you were like going it nuts. Sucked. It sucked so bad. I didn't bathe for like long stretches of time because <laughs> I was like, my it's so highly edited, and so yeah, there were, I would it would take me like thirty hours just to edit it, and um and then I hired Stephen Ray Morris who I'd worked with on other podcasts and he's a delight, and so I started hiring him and and he like cuts it together and I give him a transcript of okay this goes here this sound effect goes here this goes here guys. Put it together, and he's like on it. So, but you're you're giving him time codes and everything. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you're you're just not doing the actual cutting. Yeah. And the EQs, and I'm not like right on. It's not like three in the morning, and I'm on YouTube being like, how do I EQ something on Final, <laughs> you know, whatever, which is like, or like, what did I just do, and where did the file go? Like those mm-hmm. kinds of things. But so yeah, so he handles that, and I just I like I edit and write and research and and record some stuff and. But yeah, so it's gotten a lot streamlined. But I, I would love to, ha- I would love to be a couple weeks ahead. How, how where are you? Oh, are you right before? Yeah, we're down to the wire <laughs> every Monday. <laughs> like, and sometimes he's super busy. Most of the time, it's me being like, "What if it's not good enough?" And I, 
And yeah, like that's one of my biggest reasons of wanting to get ahead is just because I like never want Stephen to have to work on weekends. Mm. Um, or I want him to have the option of having like – he works all kinds of hours for all kinds of podcasts. But I just want to be like, okay, this isn't just like me working on it anymore. It's right. Like, you know. Right. So yeah. But he's he's wonderful and amazing. Let's take some questions from Ooh, listeners. Okay. I take questions on Instagram. No, I, that's the one place I don't take them. <laughs> that was so weird. I take them on Patreon and on Twitter. Um, I'm on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen is where you go. All sorts of fun stuff. Uh, okay. When we ask, they send them in. They're wondering how you have been. So thanks so much for answering these questions from our fans. All right. Alan White says, hi, Allie, we miss you. What is your original hair color like? Uh Um, Sorry, what is your original hair color like when you were a kid? My hair was bright red, but as I got older, it has turned into a much brighter strawberry blonde mixed with gray. Oh, I'm Alan. I'm such an imposter. (laughs) This is not, I mean, my natural hair color is I'm like four inches of roots deep because I just haven't dyed it in a Mm -hmm. while. And I've I've had shoots, but I've been like, what? So what? It's ombre. <laughs> oh my God, it's so ombre. So um, yeah, it's like salt and pepper brown right now. But when I was a kid, it was just straight up brown, like muskrat. Like oh, so the red is so you're not naturally red not at all, zero at all. Like, and I always feel so bad when someone's like, "Well, you know, redheads are less sensitive to pain," and I'm like, "Just <laughs> less sensitive to pain is that a thing?" <laughs> yeah, they need more anesthetic. Like people will give me facts about redheads, uh-huh. genetic facts, and I'm like. <laughs> this is I feel like such an imposter but I had black hair and then they had it stripped to get it back to brown and it turned orange in the meantime and the and you liked it I was like let's not do the next step and the hairdresser was like are you sure? so yeah when was that like 15 years ago was that before you got into entertainment or were you already I was already kind of in entertainment but I had like curly brown hair mm. and then they came out with this insane like absolutely insane process that will probably be the death of me this like japanese straightening so i went from like curly brown to yeah you know what i do (gasps) is it gonna be the death of you you think it's gonna be the death of us not i've decided it's fine no it's perm solution you're fine (laughs) it's not as bad for you as brazilian that's right because you're not breathing in it doesn't stay on your hair yeah you're not brazilian's so much worse for you and I do Brazilian now and just be out of laziness. But um, Wait, out of laziness? Or is it because you color your hair? Because I think Yuko or Japanese can be hard on colored hair. Yeah, and I think it's a little bit quicker to do the Brazilian. And you commit, you commit to it less. Yeah. Like it washes out. But yeah. it definitely is like airborne formaldehyde. So bad for you. Yeah. I, but yes. I think it's the worst for the people who are actually doing it. Oh, my God, yes. They're like wearing masks. And I know. Like, that, they're probably that's not leak proof. I but know. When I have done the Brazilian and then I got this like do it your home, do it yourself at home kit. Ooh, um, dubious. Right? Yeah. But, okay, true story with that. Adam Carolla, when I was working for him, got it in like a gifting suite and Ooh. gave it to me. Um and I was like, yes, I will take that home. And I will. And I, and I did it. But my eyes started to – my eyes always burn whenever I do anything Brazilian-related. And I think that can't be good. That's not good. Okay. Whitney C. says, recognizing that it's 2019 and we don't categorize characteristics by gender anymore, what's the most, parentheses, traditionally seen as feminine thing about you and the most masculine? Oh, my God. That's such a thoughtful question. She has the thoughtfulest questions, oh but they all do. Oh my gosh. Um, I think the most masculine thing about me is probably my tool collection 
And I do not have a fear of spiders, really. Mm. I got really excited. I found a huge dead spider in my house. I don't know how it got in. I feel like it knocked on the door and someone answered. <laughs> it's like, I cannot figure out a crevice it could get through. It's a trapdoor spider. How big Look is it? Up. Dude. 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 Okay. Like, see see these sunglasses. Yeah. Its legs would go outside of outside okay. of the size of a lens. So wow. it's like the size of um, a not small tangerine. Yes. It's a meaty bunny. <laughs> and I found it behind my filing cabinet. I was stoked. So maybe that's traditionally. That is, yeah. Um, and I think I, I like to maybe build stuff, and which is very, like, sexistly. Sure. Um, male and I think the most traditionally female is my tendency to apologize. <laughs> what good answers! Thank you. These are really good answers. Okay, Keith Elliott says hi, Allison and Allie hey. and Tony. Hi. He meant it. Um, <laughs> what has been the most holy shit moment of your career? A surreal moment that you never dreamt of. Oh. Also, have you ever had a twist or turn in your life that ended up being a blessing in the long run? Thanks. Oh, good question. I think the most surreal moment for me was I was shooting um, – I have my own TV show on CW called Did I Mention Invention? And that – the first day on set for that was really weird because like it, we, we shoot in this um, – in the Dearborn uh, Henry Ford uh, American Innovation Museum. And I love car museums. And so I've like always loved car museums since I was a kid. And so walking like in and out of all these these – old antique cars and like having my own TV show, I definitely had a moment where I was like, oh my God, this is bananas. Like I, I can't believe that this actually happened, especially after being told by like network executives that like they don't want women science show hosts like to my face. So to be like, oh my God, it's happening. That was really, that shooting season one of, of that show was nuts. And I think that um, in terms of twists and turns, I will probably say like is is bittersweet as my last like business relationship ending was. That was really hard just because like you have a lot of feelings about a person and, and about um a lot of nostalgia and there's obviously like something that really attracted you to that friendship and that partnership and so growing out of it and having to confront that is that was really that was really hard but I think that it's uh, the freedom to pursue my own stuff and her own stuff has been, I think, really, really good for us both. Even though, like, for me, I- I'm like, I, I will hang on to friendships for a long time just because there's always something that you love about a person. So I think that's been that was that was hard, but I think it ended up being better for both of us. Mm-hmm. But. You know, um, I, I have a friend who is a thanatologist who studies death and dying in the grieving process. Her name's Cole uh, Imperi, and she's she talks a lot about shadow loss, which is like these losses in your life that uh, that aren't deaths, but they take a little bit of grieving. You know, and I think that like breakups or or miscarriages or business relationships or jobs that you thought were going to go on mm-hmm. for a while and it turned out they weren't, you know, like the right thing for you. So I think that those little things take some time to get over. But yeah, I think you learn from them. Question yeah. about her. Oh. Do you think uh, this I'm now I'm not going to make you answer for her. Okay. Do you think her being a thanatologist um, do you think she's better equipped to deal with loss in her own life? You know, that's such a good question. Cole, again, Cole and Perry, she's out of Kentucky and she's 
amazing. She has like a bright green mohawk and she's like the kindest, most just the, one of the most interesting people. She was on an episode called Thanatology, if you want to hear more about her. Um, you know, she's gone through a ton of loss in her life. Um, she lost her sister recently, young. Mm. And that was, and, you know, we talked a little bit about it. And she's equipped to recognize the process, but it's almost like, is an oncologist better right. prepared to have cancer? It's like, no, it's still going to hurt mm-hmm. and it's still going to take its course and it's still going to take um, steps to get over. And I think ac- ac- knowing what to expect is probably easier for her to understand, okay, this isn't, this is a anger, this is bartering, or this is a certain stage of grief. But um, I think that she's still, I think it's still. Yeah, there's no way. I remember um, on Grey's Anatomy when Izzy got cancer, even though she could look at her own chart and knew what it meant, it was still real tough for her. Yep, same. (laughs) It's exactly the same. (laughs) But yeah, Colin Perry, she has a podcast called American Thanatologist, and she talks about grief and grieving, and she's just, ugh, I love her. Marcy Sheehan. Yeah. I really just... Maybe it's Sheehan. I really just want to know how her love life is going. Oh, well, pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. I think um, another thing about my boyfriend is I've known him for so long, but he has ADHD and he didn't get diagnosed until about like two years ago, like right around, right after Burning Man, actually. Oh, wow. (laughs) It was probably more that than Burning Man. (laughs) But like, he didn't know. Did you see signs of it in him? I always knew that he was a little weird. (laughs) And I couldn't figure out what it was. And I was like, is he like, and right now I feel like I'm talking a lot. Number one, because I'm excited to be here. And two, I haven't had coffee in a while until today. So there you go. Um, Yeah, but a podcast is the right place to talk a lot. Yeah, but I'm still like, but, you know, he talks a mile a minute and he's, you know, loses things a lot and, and he'll get really focused on something and then drop it and get something, focus on something else. And I was always like, Come on, like, come on! You're really smart. Like, mm. why? Why are things? Why are you so chaotic? And I always thought it was something to do with his upbringing being kind of chaotic. Mm. Like, um, you know, he was a child of divorce, and his dad was kind of. Blah, blah. So I was like, "You're just reliving this chaos, this chaos." And then he got diagnosed with ADHD, and we both like listened to some audiobooks about ADHD and relationships, and we were like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> like. So many things, like, if you were to say something like, hey, that thing you did really bummed me out. It made me feel like you didn't care about my feelings. And what happens when you have ADHD is you have – you're so used to being told you're a fuck-up because in school and everything, you you forget your homework. And so people with ADHD get really rejection-sensitive. And so if you say, hey, the thing you did hurt my feelings, someone without ADHD might be like, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize it. I'll, I will try not to do that again. Let me know if I do. But someone with ADHD is like, well, how was I supposed to know that you even – and this one time you hurt my feelings. And you're like, wait, what are we fighting? How did this just explode? Right. You know? And so Jarrett and I did that for years, like not understanding, like why would these fights escalate, you know? It was over something little. And like then he started getting treated for ADHD and we started reading books about it. And now it's like, oh, we – totally know like now he's able to say like i feel really bad that i that i did something inconsiderate um i'm really afraid you're you're gonna be mad at me and i'm like no it's totally fine just like letting you know that that, you know and we don't fight about it anymore but we so i think that like part of our getting back together was just like me understanding i have anxiety and me and him understanding adhd and like understanding our buttons Mm -hmm. instead of us both being like i'm totally normal and sane 
and you're a dick. You know, <laughs> like that's not how it worked. So yeah, so love life is good. Um, I hated dating and I hated trying to date other people when I knew I was still, I still missed him a lot. Yeah. Cause like we, we had such an immediate connection and he just, he makes me laugh like nobody else. And he's so goofy and so smart and so weird. And his brain goes really fast, which is part of who he is. Um, and I just never, I never felt like challenged like that. So it's been good. It's been good. It's the right amount of fun chaos, but none of the bad. Good. Yeah. Leanne Ward says, first of all, our child discovered Brainchild about a month ago and she binged it and we ended up all enjoying it as a family together. Aww. Second of all, I want to hear all about what I assume is the love of your life, your new dog. Oh my God, Grammy. Oh, Grammy Gale Stegosaurus. I love her so much. Um, hi, Leanne Ward with the same last name. We're probably related. Weird. Um, Grammy is a seven-year-old, 12 pounds of goblin. She's a menace. I love her so much. She's I, But I almost gave her back. You were fostering her? Yeah, I was fostering her. And I was like, I don't think this dog is the one. Wait, what made you think that? Because I, I didn't think she liked me very much. Mm. And I was like, she seems kind of bored. Maybe she needs to be with like a bunch of hound dogs. Maybe this isn't the one. And um, and then it turned out she just had kennel cough, you guys. Oh, no. Yeah, she got on antibiotics, got her nails trimmed, and she was just like, oh, I like you. And I was like, oh, my God, she's okay. <laughs> Um, but she's, she was on the streets. She was so skinny when we got her. She was just like bones. She's like a little poodle. She's some mix. kind of like poodle shih tzu or like a, maybe a schnauzer, mm. but she doesn't, she only barks when someone comes to the door, when there's a, like someone creepy around who go, huh? Huh? but like, she's not a yapper. She's just, she loves belly rubs. Oh. She doesn't eat anyone's underwear. I had a dog in college <laughs> who ate, who just systematically go to everyone's laundry hamper and eat their underwear. You'd be like, what the fuck? Man? Wait, you had this dog? Or you knew boyfriend. a dog? It okay. was my boyfriend's dog and we lived, we lived together in college. Like eat, ingest the underwear? Just chew him. Okay. Just find dirty underwear, man, woman, child, and mm -hmm. just eat their underpants. But it's, she doesn't have an interest in no that. interest in dirty underpants. Thank God. Cause man. There's nothing like walking in and seeing a chihuahua snacking on your underpants. <laughs> it's the worst feeling. Ugh. And so she's great. And uh her she's Instagrammy on Instagram. She's um Grammy she, for Gremlin, right? Yeah. Cause she looked when we got her, she was so skinny and she had these big fluffy ears, but she had been shaved at the shelter because I guess she was just like one big dreadlock or something. Mm. She was just really matted because she has curly hair. And so um so yeah, so she looked like a gremlin. Um, does she, does she sleep in your bed? Yeah. Yeah. Wendy time. sleeps in our bed too, but Wendy's a real nightmare. I mean, I love her to death, but she's like a crazy nightmare girl. I almost named her Leanne Ward. I almost named her Vivian Ward because of, do you know who Vivian Ward is? No. She is Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman. Oh. Who doesn't kiss on the mouth. Yeah. Because Grammy, Grammy didn't kiss on the mouth and we were like, well, <laughs> she's Vivian Ward. But I didn't do it because that's... Have that's, you ever found her in the bathroom um, flossing strawberry yeah. seeds out of her strawberry. little dog teeth? She doesn't do drugs, okay? <laughs> she doesn't do drugs. And sometimes if I say, I'm never going to treat you like a dog, she goes, you just did. <laughs> just did. <laughs> but I decided that movie was too misogynistic, so we just named her Gremlin, which was also a misogynistic movie. <laughs> but whatever. Oh, I forget about... I forget the misogyny in Gremlin. Oh, my Gremlins. God. In Gremlins 2, I think that there's like a – I think someone fucks the lady gremlin in it. 
Because it's like there's like a Smurfette thing where there's like yeah. one female gremlin and she's like hypersexualized. Oh yes, I have a vague memory of that, even though I didn't see it. Yeah, her name is Greta. I looked it up because that was almost Grammy's name. We're like, what Greta. was a female gremlin? <laughs> but yeah, it's I don't even know the logistics of that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's a little bit like um, what's that movie uh, that one sent the Shape of Water. Oh, I feel I like it's it. that like where you're like, what are the logistics of this <laughs> relationship? None of my business, but I'm curious. Right. I saw someone on Twitter call The Shape of Water Grinding Nemo. That was kind of funny. Enjoyed it. Uh, Cameron French says, Allie is great, and I think she would be perfect to replace Alex Trebek on Jeopardy. Would she do it if they offered it to her? Oh, my gosh. In in one heartbeat. Ugh. But Alex, I want to live forever. So, I mean, pancreas pancreas stuff. Damn. But he feel like he's doing okay? He seems to be... Kicking yeah. its ass. Uh, but yeah, I, they sometimes have a category that's ologies on oh, yeah? Jeopardy. And I'm like, call They me. should get you mm-hmm. to be the, call the, me. the that lady. Yeah, who's like, this ology is yeah. da-da-da. Uh, I would do it for free, number one. Like, call It'd me It'd be Jeopardy. you in a room with a globe. Yes. Oh, my God. Just let me in. Like, let I got to bust down that door. My do friend it. Cara Santa Maria presents sometimes on Jeopardy. And I'm Damn, like, you made you it. Can get you in? I don't know. I don't want to like. I I don't want to muscle in on her gig. But they do have a whole ologies category. I know this well. Okay. The situation where someone has something that you also th- would like, mm-hmm. you wouldn't be taking it away from them. But this, and then, but and you want to do it, but you don't want to ask them because that seems way too like. Hi, can I have yours? Yes. And I respect Kara Santa Maria so much. She's like my hero of mine. And I'm lucky to be friends with her. So I would never want to muscle in. Right. Every time someone like tweets at me that they had an ologies category, I'm always like, oh, my God. I, c- come on. So, yeah, I'll see. Maybe I'll ask Kara how she feels about it. Do it. She's a wonderful person. Lee Bruns, what topic is she interested in discussing on ologies that there is no official ologist for? Ugh. You know, I had said this before, addiction, and it turns out addictionology is a thing. Mm. But I was really, I was like, I thought addiction would, because everyone's addicted to something. Yeah. You know? I mean, I I mentioned during a quick break that I hadn't had coffee in a while until today. My brain's spinning. So everyone's got something, you know? But, um, and I did that one. But I think um, I want to see if there's one about walruses. I want to talk about their weird mustaches. Uh, I think, uh, is there one about anxiety? I don't know. That would be interesting. I'd want maybe that. TBD. This silence is me thinking like, is there someone who is an expert on anxiety? It's you. (laughs) Just, Just boots on the ground. Been there, done that. I was asking you off air if you take something for your anxiety and you said yes so mm-hmm. so is it like it's something you take every day yeah mm-hmm. um do you feel anxious when you're on it at all or like it's is so it helpful it's gone? so helpful because the way that my anxiety would manifest was just kind of just like edgy like grouchiness just like <sighs> i sometimes see mine manifests as agitation yep but then i talk to other people who have anxiety on the panic disorder side of it. And I think, oh, okay, well, maybe what I, because when I feel that way, I'm like, this is, this is anxiety. But I think, oh, well, no, maybe it has to be panic disorder Mm-mm. feeling, like shaky, scared yeah. to be anxiety. I don't think so. No. Cause yeah. like for me, I, I was like, I don't have anxiety. I'm not afraid to fly. I'm not terribly paranoid about strangers. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, like I'm, 
clearly I like spiders. <laughs> so a lot of the things that people were anxious, I'm okay, like going into a party. Right. You know, like it's fine. But um, I will not karaoke. I have panic disorder when it comes to karaoke. That is terrifying to me. I just dislike it. <laughs> I just outwardly I would rather I shower it. in front of a room full of people <laughs> mm-hmm. than, karaoke. than karaoke do you not like it because sonically you find it disruptive it's just impossible. i feel like look i'm sorry to be such a killjoy but i just feel like what are we doing here yeah, you guys it. what are we doing i get it i understand i'm like you and a lot unless someone's really good mm-hmm. and every once in a while you'll get someone who can like just like is whitney houston yeah and or like a natural entertainer i'm sure. looking at tony I think that you're okay with karaoke. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like you're a natural entertainer. You'd be yeah. good. You'd make it entertaining. But in general, it's a lot of people who want their moment to shine. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, I don't sure. want to have to witness it. I get it. Oh, it's making me sound like a real asshole. No, you're not. It's just, <laughs> it's not a thing I enjoy either. Yeah. But it does make me like, get me a diaper. Don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. But I don't have, so I thought like, there can't be anxiety. But yeah, just like, I think a lot of times when it's inward, you're just like, ah, what if I'm not enough? What if I mess up? Mm-hmm. And, it, and yeah, it just is like cranky. You just feel cranky. Do you get depression? I think I do, but I think I'm much more likely to to get anxious. Mm-hmm. I think um, – and so – and I also went through ovarian failure weirdly at like 35. I just went through like surprise menopause like – and doctors were like, no, that can't be. It. Oh, it is. Like, had you, did you have perimenopause before or was it just straight into menopause? No, it was perimenopause. I didn't, I mean, it probably started like 33, mm-hmm. like 15 years early. It just happens in like 1% of people there. Something goes wrong. Probably people who get Brazilian blowouts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I thought I was having fevers. I was mm-hmm. having hot flashes. I was like, I just didn't, they didn't, and they didn't do the right test. They didn't suspect it right. that for a while. So like hormone fluctuation is terrible when it comes to like anxiety. Like imagine your worst PMS day mm-hmm. is like kind of what anxiety feels like. So I started taking like an antidepressant, anti-anxiety around then. And I was like, oh, this is helpful. But I, yeah. Are you on terrible. hormone replacement? Oh, fuck yeah. I have to like go get like, I'll take the old lady patch. I have to wear a patch on my butt. And then I have is to- that estrogen? Yeah. And it, you have to, and it's so funny because you know when you take a bandaid off and it, you have like, uh, like an archaeological site of like every lint <laughs> yeah. fiber that's been on every time I have to, and I found if anyone else is on any kind of like nicotine patch or like estrogen patch, my cellar water is like the only thing that takes oh, it okay. off. Okay. I would be like WD 40 on my butt being like, I can't get this off. It's sticky stuff. But, um, yeah, so I have to take that and then, um, I have to take progesterone and testosterone. So I have to just like, have an external ovaries but and so yeah so that was that was but do you you don't have a period do you no i have to if you take progesterone then you'll have them regularly because you can get endometrial cancer Mm. but progesterone makes some people super depressed and so i had to go through like finding one that didn't make me bummed out because i'd be like why am i crying yeah yeah i'm on day three of progesterone but I noticed that the anti-anxiety, like the, I'm on Pristique, it's an SNRI, um, but that helped me a lot with just like, you know, get, taking the edge off. Mm-hmm. But I had tried Prozac and Zoloft before that and they didn't do a ton for me and I felt kind of foggy. And so then I took, I did a gene test called GeneSight where um, you can get it through your psychiatrist or your primary care, whoever would be helping you with your mental health medication. They, um, they swab the inside of your cheek 
And then they put it in an envelope, and then like three days later, they get a. You find out your Chihuahua and Schnauzer. (laughs) (laughs) I want to do that for my dogs. I did it for Wendy. Yeah. I mean, you got you just got a like well so uh, yeah well yeah we knew she was cavalier king charles spaniel we did embark but they like screen all these thousands of other things and then also it has like the percentage wolfiness which (gasps) is not with this is embark that does it how they have like more than other ones um it's not how much wolf is in her it's like the gen the wolfiness of the genes like how many ancient bits of dna have persisted and stuff um it's yeah it tells you that like, you can connect with her relatives it's really oh cool. my god you gotta do it i want to find out if she has relatives because she's definitely my dog has real big nips and they definitely think that she's a mama so that means like Aww. the idea that she has children out there i'm like she's got to find them i, I mean do. they might be looking for <gasps> her i want to meet up and have a picnic yeah oh my god <laughs> do it bark vet Dot com. Also, I had a lupinologist on recently to talk about wolves, and apparently there's a lot of discussion in the wolf dog community that dogs are wolves. It's not a separate species. They're just a variety of wolf. Because <gasps> this you is can, fun. I know you can crossbreed a dog and a wolf, and they have babies that can have babies, which means they're not a different species. Anyway, there's a lot of discussion about it. Did you see that 18,000-year-old wolf pup? yes, yes. And, but they don't know if it's a wolf or puppy or did they right. determine it was a wolf i don't know what the latest is on that according to twitter moments okay <laughs> trending uh when i looked at it which was like well, some days ago they didn't know if it was a wolf or a puppy <gasps> maybe it's a. I mean a wolf or a dog maybe it's a dead dick fish who knows <laughs> it's way too cute to be that <laughs> but anyway uh, so ovarian failure. Do they know what caused it at all? Is it is it fluke or is it genetic or is it fluke? Yeah. They don't really know. I mean, you could go down so many rabbit holes being like, why? Right. But it made the decision to have children easy <laughs> for me. It was like, because right before then I was like, oh, I got to lock this down. And I think part of the reason why my boyfriend and I would split up a lot is because we're these, we have an age, this age gap. And so I was like, I need to find someone who's like ready to be a dad. Time's ticking. It's going to get more and more expensive the longer I wait. You know, but you want to like make sure that you have enough financial assets in a house. And if you had a kid, you could, you would not like abandon it in your car and mm. you would you'd be good enough at it. So, um, and so then I realized that when they were like, oh, it'd be so expensive for you to have kids, I was like, okay, I'm good. Would it have been possible? Like, I could, could they could excavate some eggs? <laughs> no, like they couldn't. Okay, this is numerical, so it might be boring, but do you remember your FSH? Mm. They would take – they tested it all the time, but I don't quite remember. It's That stands for follicle-stimulating hormone. hormone. Yeah. And it should be between like two and eight, right? And that means that's like how hard your body's pressing right. on the gas. And so it should be low. That means that your ovaries are doing their own thing and you don't need to be like crack the whip, right? Oh, yeah. See, for some reason – in my mind, mine was like I'm thinking of like ten or twelve, maybe. That's that but was I, on the high end, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, but I I had to do all sorts of interventions. Like I did IVF, so it yeah. would make sense that mine was on the high end, right? I know that. Oh wait, maybe this is. I think I had one cycle that was canceled because my FSH was crazy high, and I feel like it was like 38 or something. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. They um, if it's over 10, a lot of times an IVF clinic will be like. Yeah. We we don't want to take your money. Right. Well, so I was I was a poor responder. Okay. Um, which means that despite the full drugs, I'm still only producing a few eggs a time. So I did like a bunch of they call it like min stim. I did a bunch of cycles of that to get the the embryos. Anyway, right. back to you and the math. Oh, 
my FSH at 10, they would have been like, we're not going to try to get your eggs. Yeah. 12, they might be like, Lee, you were, you don't have a lot to get. Mm. Mine was 135. Wow. <laughs> and it was like literally off the charts. Like I remember the chart stopped at like 116 mm-hmm. and they're like, wow, this is so whatever was going on. It was yeah. just like, so um, did you have the normal number of eggs though? No. They okay. were like, you have, uh, you have a raisin and an old set of car keys in your <laughs> uterus. We found a boot and a stick. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, we're not getting shit from this. <laughs> so they're like, we see you as an aunt. Um, <laughs> but I could do like a, I could always adopt or do like mm-hmm. a donor egg and right. stuff. But there was probably, and sometimes people have like what they love to call on Facebook groups, like miracle babies, mm-hmm. where they're like, yeah. I was just, I, who knew? I just one kicked out an egg, didn't happen to get knocked out. But, um, but yeah, once, at one time, I was like, okay, I'm good. Like, Was that a shadow loss? Yeah, I think it was. It was a tough – that was a tough year too because I had a ton of friends getting married. And like seven of my girlfriends got married that year. Seven. I was constantly at weddings. I was single. And a lot of times at weddings, in, unless you have a boyfriend that they know, you don't get a plus one. Mm-hmm. So I was going to like a lot of weddings alone or I'd be like a table full of couples and then me and then an empty seat <laughs> – and then I'm like, I could have brought a girlfriend or something. <laughs> so yeah, there was a lot of people just affirming their love for each other when I was like, I have a vacuum cleaner bag of dust in my crotch <laughs> right now and no one wants me. So it was, yeah, that was that was a really, really tough year. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that took some working through, but um, but I, you know, it made me okay with throwing myself more into my job and more into my career and being like, okay, well, what I'm leaving behind on earth is maybe what I'm making, you know, mm-hmm. um, which is fine. But yeah, it was tough to, it's tough to date to just, people sometimes will ask you like on the second date, like, so do you think you want kids? And you're like, about that. <laughs> you know, like, um, and you know, Dory, our friend Dory was going mm-hmm. through IVF and it was, you know, like cycle after cycle and you know, expensive. And, and then I have friends who are adopting and that's like a four year process. And so I was like, oh, I'm just going to get a massage chair and a dog. <laughs> it's been fine. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. You, if you're going through, if you're publicly going through IVF, there are people who are, who will say, what about just adopting? Yeah. What about adopting? And to them, I it's wonderful. Do what works for you, but adopting is not easy either. Yeah. And it's, and it's not cheap either. Yeah. And so, you know, maybe I'll foster down the line, you know, maybe I'll do other things. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, that was a, that was kind of, it was, it was definitely a tough year. When was that? That was in 2015, 2016. And so then some things were changing work-wise with me too. And um, so, yeah, so I just kind of, I didn't want to be like a burden and bum anyone out. So I was just doing a lot of like the back of the wedding, just be like, that's crazy. Like. <laughs> A lot of bridesmaiding, <laughs> but, um, but it's, I mean, it's there, my, my dad, you know, my dad's sick, my mom's sick. I know people who are our age who have had, you know, incurable diseases. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, like my ovaries were like fucked off a little early. Like I'm going to live like, that's fine. You know? Mm-hmm. So it's just those kinds of things where I'm, I feel like this is in terms of things I could get as a woman in my thirties, like. I'll deal with it, you know. Right. I'll put a I'll put a patch on my butt and use my cellar water on it. Like it's fine, you know. But yeah, so it's I've gotten used to it. But yeah, a lot of people have it and no one really talks about it. So mm-hmm. anyone who's had early ovarian failure, reach out. Come at me. I hear you. <laughs> I'm with you. And again, my cellar water, man. Even olive oil wouldn't get that shit off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I've heard of my 
micellar, that's how you say it, mm-hmm. water being like such an amazing thing. And then I think I bought a little one and used it to remove makeup and was like, nah. But maybe sh- for adhesive. You got to shake it. Did you oh, know that? No. I didn't know that either. No, no one, the bottle doesn't say it. But, but it, it is like by, it's in two levels, yeah. right? You got to shake it like salad dressing. Okay. I had a bottle too and I was like, micellar water is a fraud. Yeah. And I never bought it again. And then I watched a video about how micellar molecules work mm-hmm. and about how you have to shake it. And I was like, I'll give it another try. And then I was like, holy shit. Do you I, use it to take your makeup off? Yeah. And even on a makeup free face, I'll use it and I'll find traces of like rust, <laughs> of coal dust, things where I'm like, when was this on my face? <laughs> it's so, and then if you have, you'll, you'll go up to, to dequants on the snappies and be like, do this on your face and see what comes off. Cause oh, I can't wait. It's exciting. Maybe I need to get more of it and try it because I've been very disappointed with my makeup removal. I, there, it's been, a, it's been a busy week. So I've had to wear makeup more often than no- I normally do. So I've had to be taking my makeup off every night and yeah. it's very irritating. Um, get some micellar water and just get like a travel size one. That way you don't have to make a commitment. Right. Shake it up before you use it. And yeah, put it on like a cotton pad or a bamboo pad or whatever you find most ecological. Okay. On perhaps like an a, old sock. An old sock. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, look at how much dirt came off. <laughs> I got this dirty sock. <laughs> There's sawdust on here. Why? <laughs> but yeah, it's thrilling. The stuff that came off my face. Wow. <laughs> wow. Really makes you think. Allie Ward, it's been so nice having you on the show. I'm so happy to be back. I'm sorry I talked so much. I'm just really excited to be here. I loved the amount you talked. Oh, God. And I just have been shooting so much, and I'm back for a couple weeks, and like I'm just so excited I got to, to come back on. So thank you. Anytime. I love your podcast. Please <laughs> come on a lot when you have time. I would love to. Uh, tell everyone where to find you. Plug your things. Oh, uh, Ologies is my podcast. It's Ologies on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I'm Allie Ward with one L A L I W A R D. Um, yeah, CW on Saturdays and Sundays, depending on your area. Did, Did you say E? Uh, a L I E W A R D? Yes. It, sa- it sounded, that is how you spell your name. <laughs> I don't know. In my ears and brain, it sounded like you just said A L I W A R D, but maybe that makes no sense that you would have gotten it wrong. No, it's possible because I used to spell it without the E before I was a journalist. Right. Because um, then there was someone else with my byline who wrote about tulips in England. So I had to put an E on the end. Yeah. My parents spell it without the E and then it's oh, really? awkward. Yeah. Because they're like, this is. Are you legally with the E or no? No, I'm just Allison. So I could do, I could do A L L. You could do whatever you want. Like I could do all kinds of stuff if I yeah. wanted to. But so if I misspelled it, it's possible. Okay, we're gonna have to look at the transcripts. <laughs> You're gonna yeah. have to call Temmy. Call Temmy. Call them. Do fire it. Fire them up. Um, sorry, did I, did you do everything? Oh, uh, CW. Did I mention invention in uh, CBS Innovation Nation on weekends? That's it. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Allison Rosen. Um, come to my Sketchfest show. My old band is reuniting to be the musical guest, the Angoras, uh, and then there will be other special guests as well. Uh, January 26th, come see Childish Live. January 25th, sfsketchfest.com for all that. Follow my Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. I'm on Cameo, cameo.com slash Allison Rosen. Tony, where do we find you? At Tony Thaxton, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, my podcast, Bizarre Albums, every Tuesday. Uh, then, then, yeah, new Don't Stop or We'll Die EP is out now, and uh, the Motion City soundtrack tour starts on New Year's Eve. Listeners, thank you for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Yay. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? We had a good time, but now we gotta go.